Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello, welcome to our Lives and Powers. This is Scott Powers with Mark Lazarus. Mark, hello. How are you doing Scott. this fine Friday, sleety morning? I'm still just I'm just refreshing my Twitter feed, seeing all the uh, pastrami you guys ate at Hobby's Deli in Newark. Yeah, it was just, good. They were they, they love Mark wistful. Lazarus. I, 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 can, I, I can feel your ego growing like from miles and miles <laughs> away. Like they, any friend of they, they're they very love nice. You there. Yes, the brummers are very nice. They make a good. They make a real mean matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwich. And uh, I might go to Manny's today just to get my fill. You yeah, know, probably I, make uh, my heart and brain. Yeah, Manny's is always my favorite, but that was. Uh, it, it's certainly it, it's right up there on the top. Of the well, list Manny's is too. great because it's like basically the only New York style Jewish deli in Chicago. There's not really a lot of that out here, so that, that's what makes Manny's special. Is like it's it's like the only one in Chicago now. In New York, you got one on every corner. Everyone's got their favorite. Yeah, and honestly, hobbies might be my favorite, even though it's in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was uh, it was it was enjoyable, and they were yeah they were very welcoming. And I took some of the other beat writers with us, so they all got a little taste of it. And do they still have the uh, Henrik Lundqvist special? Uh I don't. It's, I don't... It, it's soup, but it only comes in a bowl because he never won a cup. Oh, that's great! Yeah, I, I don't know if I saw that one. It was, uh, um, yeah, no, it was it was a cool experience. So, now the whole trip was uh, the whole New York trip. I appreciate you letting me on this one. It's been some time, but I <laughs> it's long overdue. Yeah, I uh, I took advantage. I saw Niall Conley who who does the uh, the intro song to our podcast and went to. A I can't college... believe you went to a Long Island University basketball game. You're I saw in New L- York, L- 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 LIU. And that's what you chose uh, to do. UMass Lowell game and Rod Strickland. Why? Rod Strickland's Why? a coach of LIU. I just I love college basketball and. <laughs> I have a buddy, Larry, who uh, we've gone to games before out there, and um, yeah, it was cool. It was a little, it was, it was a you know small little gym. Rod Strickland's out there, and um, yeah, it was a neat. Yeah, I, I did a whole lot of stuff. I uh, yeah, went to a, a cool sneaker place in New Jersey, and um, you know, I, I had a lot of I you know I had a lot of pizza. I, re- I went to places you recommended. I went to I had a <laughs> had a bagel, and yeah, no, I just I yeah I, I enjoyed New York. It was uh, it was a lot of hockey too. It was. It was um, yeah, the Blackhawks well, well, won the first I, I, game, so it was. Uh, I, I get Alberta in mid-January, so who's the real winner here? Yeah, exactly. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's all right. I, yeah, I don't feel bad. You, you've had New York a few years. No, ago, no, no. So it's, I, it's the least it was, I could do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, it was it was a good trip, and um, yeah, I, I don't. It, it's they won the first game, so the mood around the team wasn't bad. But it, I mean, there was. And didn't well, they weren't awful against Islanders and the Devils, but again, they didn't sort of score a goal, so it's you can't it's score, like, yeah. Um, but it, it, yeah, I think after 25 games, they're pretty firmly planted now. And that's, I think we're going to be talking all season about, you know, whether in, they're in contention for uh, Bedard and Fantilli and probably, uh, you know, our guest today is probably the, you know, kind of the perfect time for this, considering where the pipeline's at. And, you know, I talked to Kyle Davidson earlier this week about having five, you know, five players at the world juniors uh, team Canada camp and, 
Um, and then obviously with the, you know, the lottery implications. So to have the, have uh, the athletics, Corey Promen, the, uh, yeah, just the, uh, premier prospect guy on today. It's, uh, probably perfect time. So, um, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll bring Corey on and, uh, you know, Marion host actually said he's going to come on the podcast here, I think next week. So we'll never see. heard of him. We'll see if we believe it, but potentially Marion host next week, but, the, <laughs> um, this week, Corey Promen and talking, uh, lots of prospects. Introducing uh, Corey Promen. Corey, welcome. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, we, we felt like it was a uh, good time to have you on. Obviously, we, we've always we always love you, Corey. But just uh, yeah, just the way the Blackhawks are. Uh, uh, I, yeah, yeah. It's a whole, it's a total here with with the prospects in the system, and then just uh, the draft. Uh, yeah, hang on, just... hang on, Scott. Are you implying that the future is not now for the Chicago Blackhawks? <laughs> are you implying that the present is somehow flawed and miserable and awful and terrible, and nobody wants to talk about it? Is that what you're implying, Scott? No, I would never do that. <laughs> okay, good. Just making sure. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The season's. Uh... For the, for the first few weeks, we talked about hockey, and I, I feel like the, the rest of the season, we will not be talking as much about the uh, <laughs> about hockey. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We're, 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 I guess it's a very broad question. From, from your perspective, I guess, Corey, what have you seen, I, I guess, organizationally about the Blackhawks? Or, I mean, I mean, I, I guess like everyone else, you see this as a tanking season and, and them kind of positioning themselves to get a high draft pick and kind of reload the, the pipeline? Right. I mean, they had a lot of draft picks in the, in the, in the previous draft. And, you know, it, it, this has been, I think, you know, a clear direction by the franchise that they're looking to do a real re- rebuild and that it's going to take a, a long time. It, you don't trade away Kirby Doc and, and Alex to and expect that things are going to change in, in one draft. Uh, I know this, there's some really good players at the top of the 2023 NHL draft, and they had the three first-round picks in the 2022 NHL draft. Uh, but these rebuilds don't happen overnight. Uh, those picks have to hit. Not every pick is going to hit just based on odds. And, and it looks like there's going to be still quite a bit of pain ahead for the Chicago Blackhawks. But I think when you have when you're an organization like, say, Chicago or how like when the New York Rangers were, quote-unquote, rebuilding, if you get a couple of things to break your way, you, those markets are positioned in a way where they have some built-in advantages to turn the corner like a little bit faster than some of the smaller market teams. Well, let, let's start. You mentioned the Debrinket and Doc trades, and obviously out of those trades, they got Kevin Korchinski and they got Frank Nazar. Uh, Nazar is hurt. He is, yeah. you know, months away from playing still. I know everyone's really excited about him as a player, but Korchinski is the one that really turned some heads during training camp and uh, in the preseason. He looked NHL ready already. You know, he's um, you never want to throw Kale McCarr around, but everyone's looking for their Kale McCarr, right? So everyone's looking for that defenseman that can control the game. What what do you see as his ceiling and his timeline? Yeah, I'm not sure he piece Kale McCarr. I'm not sure he has that kind of offense, but I, I think he's looked, again, through his impressive training camp with Chicago and into the WHL season, he's looked like a seventh overall pick. I mean, he looks like a guy who it looks like a premium defense prospect. He's been one of the best defensemen in the CHL this season, um, a leading player for one of the top teams in, in the CHL. I mean, he's 6'2", he skates well, he has legit skill, he creates a lot of offense, he's a very intelligent um, instinctive offensive player. Uh, the defensive play is not his, his forte, but he's killing penalties now. And, you know, he's, you know, I think that's showing some, some error, some progress. 
you know, I, I the comp I've always heard for people in the league who were big fans of him was like maybe a Shea Theodore type, but not an elite defender, but is good enough defensively given um the, the all the offense he brings to be a very good player in the NHL. And and I think it's where you're kind of hoping with, with Korchinski. I think this is a guy who's gonna be I don't know if he's gonna be like a superstar, but like I think kind of you can see him like the car, but like I think he's going to be like a very good top four defenseman in the NHL and someone who can be a big part of a winning team whenever those years come. I'm intrigued by their defensive group where you, you got Korchinski and then, you know, they're they're really high on where Velastic is come. And then you got White Kaiser and Ethan Del Mastro and Nolan Allen, uh, you know, Isaac Phillips, who's played pretty well in Rockford. Not that all these guys are going to hit, but it feels like they have something there that potentially you can build yeah. around where the, where the four groups a little bit, you know, a little bit less. But the defenseman group feels like it might be something. Yeah, I think Phillips is the one that looks like to have them. The- it looks like the player who's made the most progress of that group. And I think it's the guy who, when you look at a guy with his size, who can skate and showing offense in Rockford, not just this season, but last season as well. Um, I think that's a guy you're looking at. And, and I think you're really intrigued by his development. Vlasic, you know, big guy with the skate. I'm not sure there's ever going to be much puck game there. Uh, Nolan Allen, I think he plays because, you know, he's competitive, physical, smart. Not sure how much you know pure talent in terms of the puck there there is there, but he's a, but he's a good player. He'll play. Um, but you're right. Now that being said, we could have said this a couple of years ago when they had Adam Bokvist and Ian Mitchell and Nicholas Bodin and and Henry Yokoharu. And it's funny how what's interesting with Chicago with, with with those offensemen is they clearly had a type under Bowman that they liked. The small, small, moving. Yeah. small yeah. skill, and, and then they kind of and under Bowman too. Then they kind of gravitated away from that, and now they've gone for big guys who can skate, maybe don't have as much offense. And it'll be interesting to see: does this other group fare better than that first group, or do they both not do as well? Uh, so, we'll <laughs> time will tell. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I want to take a, a brief sidebar here. You're talking about like the number seven and eight prospects in the Blackhawk system. How the hell do you do that? There's 32 teams in the NHL. How could you just know things about Nolan Allen? Uh, how do you how do you go about your day, like you know, learning about you know what what goes into the process of of knowing what these teams' death charts look like? Well, I mean, I watch junior hockey every night. You guys watch the NHL every night. I mean, that's you know, that's 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 one distinct difference. You know, I, Nolan Allen is a World Junior candidate for Team Canada, so that's a guy I have to know very know very familiar. Sorry, a guy I have to be very familiar with. You know, I watched him in the summer at their World Junior Camp. I've seen he just got traded to Seattle, which is one of the best teams in the CHL. So just by proxy of watching, you know, Korchinski and and Reed Schaefer, and there's a good draft eligible on Seattle. So you just kind of run into those guys. And sometimes you have to go out of your way to watch those some some of those uh, the Blackhawks players, you know, just because sometimes they only are on they're the only good player on their team. Um, but but you know that's just part of my job. You know, I I saw Sam Renzo live you know a month or two ago. Like that just those, those are the games I watch on a daily basis. What's what's what, your process? How how much of it is gut instinct? How much of it is crunching numbers? How much of it is talking to their coaches and the players themselves? Like <laughs> how, how do you form your opinion on a guy? 
it's a combination of all three. I mean, I, I, I watch a lot of these players over a long period of time, uh, both in the current season and from previous seasons. The, the, you know, the numbers are important. You got to see how the guys are performing. You can watch every game. And I, and I talk to scouts almost every day about who they're seeing in, in various leagues. And you kind of put all that together and you hope you get some idea of what's going on. Although oh, I, I'm wrong plenty as well. <laughs> what what do you think of Renzel when you saw him? Kind of what I thought in his draft year is that the tools are are unique. Not a whole lot of six five, six four, four, whatever he measured in that recently defenseman who can skate like him and show offensive skill. Uh, he's going to take some time though. This is not a guy like you like Hansel with Korchinski. I think Korchinski might be pushing next year to make the NHL. This guy is two, three, four years away. Uh, I think if he makes it, but I think you, I understand, I understand the swing on the unique toolkit, but I think the you know, developing, you know, just he's he's going to take a long time for him. He's he's still pretty raw. He's not. He's a good player at that level. He's not dominant yet at at the at the USHL level. So I'm not sure he's going to be a dominant college player right away next year. But I think again, it's again, it's a unique toolkit, and you know, can I see him pop, make the World Junior Team next year? All those kinds of things. I could, but but we'll see how the development goes. Yeah, I think a lot of us, you know, just from talking to people like you that know more than we do, found that one to be a bit of a reach. But it seems to me that once you get past the top 10, 15 in the NHL, like it's not that much of a reach. The difference between number 22 and number 41 might not be that huge as opposed to other leagues. Yeah, that's that's a, an accurate statement. And I think once you get past that, I think the top 20 or so in the draft and the opinions really start to diverge. I think you could have, I could have, could, and I did talk to scouts around the league who had Renzel rated as a first round pick. And I talked to scouts around the league who said, not, no way we're taking him in the first round. So I think mean, you kind of, when you get to that past the consensus, there's top 15, 20 players, you kind of will find guys who are split. Some people love Lewinsky, for example. Some people thought the guy was like a fourth round pick. You know, that's just when you start getting past those consensus guys, opinions start to diverge. Is this coming draft any different? I mean, the Blackhawks are going to have two or three something first round picks. They're going to have Tampa Bay's, which will be a later round pick. Is this one considered deeper or is it just really top heavy? I think it's just the top. Yeah, you have, you have three or four special players there that I think will that make it that make it look like a unique draft. But I, I just don't think the body looks maybe you can quibble on a couple of percentage points. But like, I don't think it looks dramatically different. I think it's the same thing where you're going to where I think from what I can tell, there's 10 to 15 whatever like really really good players that i think everyone agrees on are really really good players and then your opinions start to diverge a little bit how how influential would it be if they get one of the you know if they get a top three or four pick in there what you know how much does it make a difference in this draft well it depends which player it is if they get Monfrey <laughs> Mitchkov, it's a whole it's a whole other debate um but I think, you know, you, if you get Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli or even Leo Carlson, um, I think those are three impactful pro prospects, guys who would have been, you know, in the conversation to be the first pick or would have been the first pick, you know, versus, say, Owen Power versus Uri Slavkovsky, uh, maybe even versus Alexi Lafreniere. Like these are these are three really, really good pro prospects, um, particularly Fantilli and Bedard. When you look at the years they're having, Bedard's the leading scorer in the CHL. Fantilli is the second leading scorer in college hockey right now. Uh, Bedard's a kind of a, you know a really elite offensive player, special stick and, and brain and, and goal scoring ability. And Fantilli, um, you know, is just, just this big, mobile, competitive center who's showing a lot of offense. I mean, you compare Fantilli right now to what Jonathan Taze did in college in his draft year. 
And he looks like he has, again, the size and the two-way and the skating components, but he's showing more offense than Tays did in college at the same age. Um, so, again, those are those – I mean, though, if you get one of those guys – and there's no guarantee they are, and that's kind of the, the issue with the rebuild strategy is um, after the, that McDavid-Eichel year where they, everyone was tanking to the bottom and they, and they rejigged the odds around. I mean, there's a fairly decent possibility that Chicago does not get a top three pick in this draft. Despite all the losing, just based yeah. on the way the odds are going to work. Um, but if they do, I think those guys, it, it changes the timeline. It doesn't fix the rebuild. It doesn't mean it's over, but it changes the timeline, I think. What's your sense on Mitchkov? I mean, does, does, is the contract situation going to scare teams away where he doesn't go in the top three or four? Yes. I know there's teams I've talked to who would take him in the top five. Like I, I don't know. If there are teams I've talked to who as well who think he is clearly in the top five and just because he's such a special offensive player. And I mean, I mean, you can argue he's one of the best wingers we've seen in the draft since Kane. Like, you know, he's, he's a really, in terms of just pure offensive ability, like he's dynamic with the puck. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's the contract. Got to wait three full seasons at a minimum to get him. It's the, it's the country he plays in, so all kinds of risks. We saw, for example, with you know with the Ilya Fedotov, the the Flyers draftee, who they signed and couldn't get, couldn't get over uh, th- this past summer. So there's risks associated with the country. Um, there's risks associated with the position. He is a small winger who is not an amazing skater, so there's some more risks built in there. And he also really hasn't played much this year. As of we're talking today, he has nine full games he's played this season. Um, so there's... A, b- a bunch of risks that will come into this. Um, and again, I've talked to people in the league who still, you know, we've watched this guy for, for years. We know what he is. He's elite offensively, he's special with the puck, will change your power play, et cetera, et cetera. But I, you know, I've definitely talked to people in the league who are like, no, nah, we'll just take like Will Smith or something like that. Like, sounds we'll, sounds we'll like a perfect fit for the Arizona Coyotes if they're talking three years from now, right? Just get them in there right when the new arena opens up. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, everyone has, will have their own calculus on this. Um, but uh, I, it's why I think if you're, I think whoever wants those first three guys go, which I think are Bedard, Fantilli, and Carlson. I think that's when that'll be it'll be really interesting decisions for, for the next team. Do you take who is probably the best player available, or do you take somebody who may be slightly to somewhat inferior? Um, but you know he'll be in your lineup in a year or two. What what about Carlson? We we haven't heard as much about him. You know, obviously there's been so much talk about those top three. What what's impressed you about Carlson? I mean, well, he's been, you know, a really important player for his SHL team this season. They started off really hot. They've cooled down a little bit of late, but he's still playing a big role for a rebro. Um, I mean, he's a 6'3 forward who has, you know, high, high-end skill. Um, it's, and, you know, the, he's getting a lot of points in that league, and it's not just like secondary assists. He's creating, driving as a draft eligible versus men in a, in a really good league. Um, again, ton of skill, offensive instincts, makes a lot of plays. Uh, the only downside of him versus maybe Bedard or Fantilli would be that the skating is not you know, super strong. You know, whereas, you know, Fantilli's got the size and the skating and the offense. Bedard's got exceptional offense, and and but not the biggest guy, whereas this guy is big and really skilled, but, but lacks the foot speed uh, to, you know, that you would ideally want an NHL player. But, uh, I mean, this is a guy that's clearly trending. I've talked to people around the league who think he could push Fantilli, you know, in terms of, you know, and, and get into that discussion, maybe be like the number two pick 
Um, so, so we'll see how it all plays out, but, and I think the world juniors will be a big measuring stick for all three of these guys to see where they all slot up eventually. Uh, but he's having a really good season. For so long, the Blackhawks were Stan Bowman, Mark Kelly for over like the instability that very few teams had. Now you've got Kyle Davidson's been GM for the full-time GM less than a year. Uh, he's shown a really good knack for pro scouting. It could be years before we know how his drafting, how he and Donaghy's drafting go. What's the sense from the junior community and the scouting community about what's what's Kyle Davidson's early reputation as of now? Uh, well, again, he again they making sure I had the timeline right. Bowman was still in place during the twenty one draft, right? That right. was you know, the, during the Nolan Allen Colton Doc drafts, right? And and, and but both of those guys, you know, Donnie and and Davidson were both in, with the organization in prominent roles at the time. That's kind of one. It's hard to always separate who's responsible for what. Um, but I think the Chicago system's in a good place. Like, there's guys having good years. It's not, again, they, they like it's kind of said at the, at the top, they have a lot of work left to do. Like I can say, like I said, I can mention maybe a guy like down the down the lineup, like a, not down the lineup, but guy maybe not as a big a name, like an Isaac Phillips, like I said, who's having a pretty strong season. And obviously Reichel's a really good prospect. And, um, you know, you have, you know, you know, you have, you're, they have a lot of guys, at the World Junior Camps right now, which shows that they're decent prospects like like, like Allen, like Korchinski, like Colton Dock. Um, Ryan Green's having a very nice year at BU, point per game freshman. That's impressive. Um, you know, on the other hand, maybe Litwinski is not having such a hot start, but he, it's like I said, you can kind of go through the entire system and and show what's going well, not going well. I would say in general, from a year ago to now their system looks to be in a more positive state, but there's a lot more work left, left ahead to do. Are you surprised at all that it didn't work out with, with Boquist, Bodan and, and, you know, that group of guys? Yeah. You know, with Bodan, I always just saw a five eleven defenseman who didn't really skate that well. So that one always kind of worried me a little bit. Boquist, I always just, you knew again, size and not an amazing defender, but I always thought the offense that was going to be so significant that he would find a way to become a good player. I still think he is a good player, but he's obviously not a great, great player. And I think, you know, with those guys, you kind of see that, you know, whether it's Yokoharu or, or Mitchell, you know, obviously Yokoharu is in the NHL. He's a good player. Is that when you are a small defenseman, you have to be pretty special offensively right now. I mean, we kind of see other like high small defenseman picks right now, like Cam York and Ty Smith, who are not in the NHL currently. Um, they're the American League, and I think they'll get to the NHL. But it's it's really difficult to be in the NHL as a small defenseman and and provide impact to your team unless you are special. Like say Sam Gerrard is, uh, like Quinn Hughes is, uh, the bar is just higher. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned that your your top ten picks have to be special too, regardless of their size, right? I mean, Adam Boquist is a fine NHL player. Kirby Doc is a perfectly fine NHL player, but they're not superstars, right? And when you're drafting in the top ten. And if you don't get a superstar, you basically wasted your whole season in a way. Yeah. And I think Kirby Doc is, I would probably say he's different than Bokus. I think Kirby Doc, just because there's a more, little bit more of a, a toolkit there with the size and, and his skating, the skill, you can see a path where he becomes a top 10 player in his draft class. Um, Bokus, I think, is going to be a little more challenging unless he we either gets, has so much offense or he rounds out his game, which he hasn't in five years. And I don't know if that's really going to change going forward. Um, but no, I, you're right. I think, you know, the, the doc, what I understood at the time, it was risky, but I understood the Boakfist pick. That's the one where you really had to believe in that kind of, in that player, because if he wasn't providing elite offense in the NHL, it just wasn't going to work with that player type. And I think that's the one where 
that pick hurts, I think, more than the Doc one. At least the Doc one, they turn into, into real assets. And I know, obviously, both of us turned into, into Seth Jones, but that's I know that trade's a whole other issue. I, I talked who, to, who did you have that, that year, uh, that number eight pick with Boquist? Who did you have slotted in there for the Blackhawks? Like a Wallstrom type? I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I make plenty of mistakes all the time. I've, I like Boquist a lot. like, And I think that's one where I've had to learn a little bit more to, to be careful with that player type. Um, I have to go back and look at my list to see who I preferred at the time. But I did like Boquist a lot back then. Um, as did many scouts, but I know some scouts as well who hated him. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, so you know, it's not. It's definitely not a perfect, perfect science. I, I when I had talked to Davidson this past week, he mentioned how he thought this draft was pretty forward heavy, and I know yes. that's sort of the the you know that's sort of their area of need. Um, it it is it, it is more a lot more. There's a lot more forwards that probably go in the first round than than usual. Or I would say maybe not. The, I don't know the first round, but like the, we consider like the upper half of the first round, like the like the top ten. I think it's a lot of forwards, a lot of centers. Whether they're actually centers in the NHL or not is is to be determined. But uh, yeah, I would say that the premier names in this draft tend to be pretty forward centric. I got you. Were you I, a lot? Of, I mean, Fantilli, Power. A lot of these guys came through the Chicago Steel. Uh, even now they i know they have some player i mean the, the run that they've had over the last five years has been i guess for yeah. a, a ushl team that's not the the u.s team has been remarkable yeah yeah and my number one rated player for the next year's draft the 24 draft is macklin celebrini who's also a steel kid okay uh yeah i mean no i mean they've become they've become the place for kids to go to for canadian kids who want to go to college that's become their new destination to go to because i think the ushl is a step up from say the bchl where usually, or which is where a lot of those kids would would, would go to first, like say Tyson Joe did or Alex Newhook did before they before they go to college. I think uh, the, the Steel have positioned themselves as that place for the premier Canadian kids to go to, so that, you know they can get a good, they can play in a better league, get a good development environment, and and still be you know you know near the border and in in a, a, a top tier city. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I guess the big question is about, you know, what what's your evaluation of Max Lunoff at this point? Of who? Of uh, Max Lunoff. <laughs> oh right. Uh, who who is the correct answer? Actually, that is the correct uh, analysis. Oh, Shal- I, I I was pronouncing it as Shalinov. That's why I was confused. Um, uh, I don't think he's an NHL player. Sorry to tell you, Scott. I, I think he's 74 years old now. I'm not sure he qualifies as a prospect anymore. No, I like there, there was a point where he was gonna come on the podcast and I'm still gonna make it happen. So <laughs> it's uh <laughs> we've we've met a few times in person, but his agent, yeah, said at some point he'd come on. So we'll we'll have that talk. Um are there any under the radar guys? Anyone that uh you know, like the that you think has a chance within the Blackhawks that maybe hasn't been talked about as much, like a Samuel Savoie or someone like that. Like, yeah, so like Thompson's probably been a guy that was better than I thought he was. The, the, the pit rancher Savoy, Savoy and Thompson are pretty similar. They're both really small guys, but they're a ton of ton of speed, energetic, uh, work hard. 
Um, you know, when you're that side and you're not like high, high and offensively, it's, it's a tougher path, but, but they have a chance, particularly Thompson's a guy that I've come around on a little bit as a guy who was like, okay, you're, you're intriguing. Cause you've got really, you're a really good skater and you've got some, um, some offense to go with the compete, uh, Colton doc, I mentioned earlier, I think he's a guy who, you know, you can, I, I know people will maybe roll their eyes when they hear the doc name a little bit who's in the Chicago <laughs> community, but like he's a six, four center who skates well and has secondary offense. So I think this is a guy who has a chance. Um, Del Mastro, obviously he's a decent prospect. I like the Ilya Safonov kid. Um, he just got invited to the Russian national team for a tournament they're having in, 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 uh, in, in a few weeks. He's intriguing, big competitive forward with, with, with pretty good skill. Um, those are probably be the ones that come to mind right away off the top of my head. Kameso, do you think has a chance? Maybe I think he has a chance. I'm not sure he's a starting goalie. I'm yeah. not sure that with his size and like lack of like high high end athleticism, I'm I'm not sure. Like, and he's he's a good player. Like I think he's a he he could be an NHL goalie. I'm not sure he's like a 60 65 start, you know, reliable number one type of goalie. I think he's probably more like a like a nice backup. You you excited for uh, World Juniors here, or what's uh, sort of? I mean, it's a lot of work for you, but I, I it feels like you're just. I mean, the fact that there was just one a few months ago, you know. <laughs> yeah, but this will be more of a real one. You know, you're going to have every, people actually sending their best players to this one, uh, even though there's no Russia, which waters down the tournament significantly. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I think you know, again, it's, it's the best players in the age groups. So you always it's always a great chance to see a lot of good good hockey players and good hockey in general. And I think this one, compared to, say, last year's, will have a lot more relevance to the draft. I think you're going to have a lot of the top 10 to 20 players in, in this year's draft being present there. We mentioned Bedard and Fantilli and Carlson. I think Will Smith, who is one of the also a top five to seven pick in this year's draft, will be there for Team USA. Um, possibly one of the top defensemen, David Reinbacher, will be there for Austria. Team Slovakia will have a ton of prospects of relevance, both from the previous draft and the upcoming draft that who can go high in the draft. Um and uh, and Edward Edward Shawley for checks. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for this year's uh, World Juniors. It should be uh, interesting as always. Well, th- th- this podcast has been rather moribund for the last several months and years. So we appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us your insight and a little actual cautious optimism. We don't get a lot of that around Chicago these days. So uh, appreciate the, the knowledge that it might not be forever bleak. It might be, you know, 10, 12, 14 years from now, there might be some success. <laughs> I, I think they could. I think. It's, it's they're, they're on the right track. They, yeah, they've I, certainly started the path. Yeah, yeah. I think they can turn around. Like I say, when you when 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 Kirby Doc is not part of of the future, it just takes a couple more years to to get things right there. So you know, I'm not sure they're a playoff team in three years. Can I see a playoff team in four to five seasons from now? I could see a path to get there. Woo. <laughs> I mean. Not every rebuild goes. No, that I know way. that's that's no, no, that's no. the job. I, that's what Detroit's going through. That's what Buffalo's going through. We I, see I, so many of these that go nowhere. So I, I feel like ever since I I can't remember the last time I felt like Columbus wasn't rebuilding. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's just teams in perpetual teardown mode. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you know if it, if that actually happens, I would given just how low the starting point is right now, I think that's a win. But but we'll see whether that actually happens or not. Yeah, the oh. trick is that they've they missed the playoffs five straight years leading into starting this process. <laughs> that's when it becomes a decade long process. Yeah, and that's kind of the, that's that's kind of the pain that Red Wings fans went through, where yeah. like they 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 were they thought they were competitive, and then they kept yeah. losing, and then it's like about three or 
a couple of years into it, they're like, okay, now we're rebuilding kind of mm-hmm. thing. And it's like, yeah, but you just had the eighth overall pick Michael Rasmussen a couple of years ago. What <laughs> wasn't that the start of the rebuild? Um, so it's, uh, so that's the, yeah, you, know, you gotta get the picks right and et cetera. Sounds good. No, Corey, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Yep. Yeah, sure. Thank all right. Well, that was good. You know, it's 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 always fascinating to talk prospects because it's all speculation, right? Like it is. I think Corey said it's not an exact art, and that's it. Really is. It's, it's that's why I was curious about his process because it's so hard to quantify because they're playing against kids and juniors. They're not playing against men, or they're playing in Europe, so they're playing against men, and they're just kids. And it's so difficult. Like, I'm always amazed when Corey's like, "Oh, his edge work is great." I'm like, "How do you know that of a 17 year old?" That's amazing to me. Yeah. Um. But for the first time in God, I don't know how many years. Like, I, maybe the entire time we've been covering the beat, the Blackhawks have some exciting prospects in the system beyond just one or two. You know, you got Reichel, obviously, who we're all waiting to to pop. But Korchinski and Nazar, and you know, you look at Ryan Green and Ludwinski, and all of a sudden Colton Dock, and you know, there's there are guys there. You know, we always it seems like every prospect that's come through in the last several years has been a bottom six guy right maybe a maybe a third liner at best maybe a, a third pairing guy on defense and for the first time there's guys that might be a little more high end so if you're clinging to something and as a Blackhawks fan you're probably clinging um that's what you that's what you're looking for you're looking for what's next what's coming down the road you know what's interesting is that you know I, I feel like it felt it felt like that a bit because the Brinkett and Doc and some of those guys were so quickly they became NHL players, you know, like it was, it wasn't like those guys were really thought of as prospects a whole lot. Cause they, they made that jump so quickly. True. So it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there were, there's been stretches and, I, and I'm, I'm, you know, this is, I'm going to fall too, where there's times you hype guys up and, um, and, and, and I feel like Corey and Corey admits that he makes mistakes too, but he, he has such a larger knowledge base of how to compare these guys to, you know, like, Oh yeah. Um, you know, I can go out and see whomever, and it's just you're comparing it to that game. When and... I talk about a Nolan Allen, it's because I'm talking to a coach somewhere. And I I don't see him with my own eyes every night the way yeah. that someone who, who devotes their 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 careers to that, like Corey, can. It's 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 a amazing resource for us to have guys like him and Scott Wheeler around to to give us actual firsthand knowledge of these guys. Yeah, no, and the and 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 both those guys will be all over the World Juniors here in the next week, and the Blackhawks all have. I, we'll see how many guys that make that Canada team, but um they, they you know they'll have some players there and um yeah it's maybe 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 later in the season we can have Corey back on again we can kind of give an update to where uh Inter- where things are leading up to the draft especially it's interesting to hear him he wasn't that high on drew Camesso. i mean with with which would have been terrifying if you're a blackhawks fan not that long ago but what we've seen from arvid soderblom i mean maybe it's soderblom Camesso and not Camesso soderblom like a lot of us originally thought yeah, I, that's what I. The indications I get—that's what the Blackhawks are thinking. That 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 Soderblom is—he's just—he's yeah. They haven't seen anyone like him come through the pipeline. At least, um, you know, I know Peter Aubrey said that too. That you know, he just see, um, they've had some decent, you know, NHL goalies. I mean, Lincoln's there, and you know, they've other guys that have come through. And that that there's so many different ways that we. I guess Chris Foster's talked to him the other day. And so, he said it was Solder Bloom is how to the Solder Bloom. Okay. Solder Bloom. Okay, so good. I, I, it's funny. Yeah, we were all confused. And so yeah, Chris went after one of the locker the locker room after one of the games and just asked them. So um, that's what I usually do is I always just ask the guy how do I pronounce your name? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, the, I, I think but the two of them like it's you know the, the way that um, even Camaso is playing in in Boston like it's it's encouraging. So. Um, yeah, I mean, if that's the way, either way, like if as long as they have two NHL goalies, it's um, set up because yeah, I don't think any of these other guys are probably long term. It's uh, um, you know Morazic and Stalock and um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, the fact that the Sider Bloom has even you know like he's held his own up there now and you know probably been accelerated a little bit because of those injuries. But um, 
yeah and it's uh it's interesting pipeline and, and you know they're they're you know like you you mentioned Corey. i mean having two first round draft picks and you know potentially three if they they trade kane and adding even more picks and um it's uh i'm sure we will be very busy on draft they've got a, they've got a ton of picks in the first three rounds for the next couple of years here and i'm just going to keep adding to them with guys like athanasiu and domi and taves and kane like they're gonna have a lot of chances to hit yeah and if you if you get if a quarter of them pop and become stars you did great that's what it, it was something I, and I was counting that i think it was um right now it's they'll have what seven first round picks within three years and it's like 13 or 14, you know, picks in the first two rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not all those guys are going to hit, but if you, if you, yeah, if you find some that you can, you can make some progress. That's how you here. tear it down. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. tear it down and you get top picks. That's, but again, it's, it's three or four years before we know any, if any of these guys are actually any right. good. And, <laughs> right. So, it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll, um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure this will become an emphasis for us as the season goes on, but uh, good to have Corey on and we'll talk about all that. So um, we'll be back. Uh, we recorded late this week so maybe next week we'll probably record a little bit earlier and um we'll uh we'll, we keep on trying to improve the podcast and we'll get there eventually so uh for mark lazarus i'm scott powers and this is lazarus powers talk to you soon Just a little bit Won't you let me try